On March 1st, a 13-year-old girl from Dallas left home saying she was going to meet up with a 13-year-old boy, but she never came home. Her family has been searching for her frantically for the last two weeks. Today, she was found in a locked shed in North Carolina, and an arrest has been made. We'll tell you how it happened. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody you're back i'm back yeah look who's back back again (laughs) and thank you for holding down the fort i have been gone for a week right well i've been gone from the channel for a week but i've been gone for a week yeah yeah i know Feels good to be home. We were traveling for softball and it was awesome. Man, the girls did well. They played 11 Ooh. games and they won 10 of them. So you can't ask for better than that. Well, no, I mean, can't. Well, 11, but <laughs> they played really well. It was a lot of fun. We were in Tucson. We got lots of sun. Uh, we ate a lot of Mexican food, which is, you know, fantastic. Uh, in those parts and mm-hmm. did some fun shopping. We came home through Navajo Nation and stopped and bought jewelry from a few roadside sellers that were amazing. And oh, fun. Got to hear a bunch of cool stuff about the road runners that run around there. And what okay. can I say? I mean, we just had a great trip, but it's always good Sounds to be awesome. home. Seven days away from my dogs is a lot for me. Yeah. Really a lot. So glad to be home to my boys and my bed, my God. <laughs> We had the cutest Airbnb. Yeah, we didn't know how cute it was till we got there. Uh, the backyard was amazing. It was oh, so really? cute that we were able to host the, all of the girls and their parents for dinner one night. And then the girls alone the next night. Because we had this darling backyard that was all uh, like desert landscaped. There was no grass. Mm-hmm. But there was like cute little uh, like features with like little uh, flower beds full of different kinds of cactus with that were uplit and uh, it was awesome anyway that's cool yeah so it was it was good but I am very glad to be back because we gotta go to court yes we do daybell well is it daybell or just Vallow? I guess it's just Vallow. just Vallow. Vallow court on Wednesday in preparation for the trial that is starting yes I had said Thursday I was wrong it's Wednesday well, they it's been Thursday all along. So Yeah, they've switched their day. Switched it all. It's only yeah. Vallow now. It's on Wednesdays now. What next? It's all sealed. Probably that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Probably. Not so far. But it's getting pretty close to the time that he's not going to really be able to seal anything else. So 
Yeah, hopefully. What do we know? Yeah. We'll see. Well, thank you very much for holding down the fort while I was gone. I appreciate you, you a lot. And you this is Tuesday. Time. This is our Tuesday episode. So uh, we've got a bunch here. So Christy, I'm going to kick the mic over to you and let you start us off with some O, Idaho. Oh, yeah. Oh, Idaho. <laughs> I feel like lately, every day could just be, oh, oh Idaho. Well, I learned something recently that I didn't know. And that is that in Boise, which is the capital of Idaho, there is a prison facility. It is called Idaho Max Maximum Security Institution. This is our max, it's, it's our maximum security prison. So this is where a lot of... Um, inmates that are can't be housed safely in regular prisons are so the mm -hmm. the unruly ones the ones that get in trouble the ones that hurt each other that kind of thing what i didn't know is that there are nine cells in this uh institution for dangerously mentally ill men mm -hmm. now you would think that that means that it is for men who have been charged and convicted with a crime. Right, because one would assume that people in prison would legally be there. Right. Turns out, no. Uh, they can house people who have not been convicted of absolutely anything. Our local news ran a story about a man named Ben. He is in his 30s. He has a severe mental illness, and because he has, Idaho has no other place to safely house him, he has been in and out of a prison cell in this facility since 2017. Ben has never been convicted of a crime or sentenced to prison, but he's being housed in prison. That's Inmate horrifying to me. Right. That's and they're really treated just like me. Yeah. It, it, this is horrifying. Okay. So they're treated like inmates. They're not yeah. treated like patients. They're not given mental health treatment. They're not no. really, it's just housing them. Apparently right. these beds are usually full, but the stay is four to six months on average. So people come here for some time to get things straightened out and then they go to a less restrictive place. Like we have state hospitals yeah. where people can go as well. And, you know, if this is just, um, you know, some, uh, something that need, a person needs to be settled down for a while. Um, but, and this is also a place where some um, people go when they need treatment for, to, to be found competent to stand trial. This is another place that they can go. There is another bed like this for women that is at the women's prison here near where we live. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know is that Idaho has been placing people under involuntary mental health commitments mm -hmm. in this prison because the state hospitals say in this person's individual situation, the state hospital said that they can't be housed in a state hospital. So they put him in prison for 
not committing a crime. And this is really, really concerning. I mean, there's a story in the article about him getting in trouble. So now he doesn't get his daily cup of coffee. Right. It's just more and more restrictions. Yeah. He's not getting better. He's getting worse. He's been right. there 21 out of the last 28 months. He's from mm -hmm. Northern Idaho. When he's stable, he lives with his mom. Mm -hmm. And his mom is really concerned about this situation and has been, you know, communicating with the Department of Corrections and with the with the uh, governor's office. So what's happened now is that uh, Governor Little has asked the I Idaho legislature to fund a project there. What they want to do is they want to build a second building on this same property that is a secure hospital environment, not a prison, mm -hmm. um, but a, a more secure hospital environment for people like Ben to actually receive real treatment in mm -hmm. a non prison setting. Right. So we are waiting as to they should. Right. As should have always been happening all along and not this bullshit. But Idaho is has a horrible track rec record with mental health. Horrible. Right. Terrible. And I mean I, I I can't even fathom the number of uh civil rights being violated in this situation with Ben. Oh. And, and there of was course a statement from one of the doctors from oh. the Ben's doctor. Ben's doctor that's like, I am well aware of Ben's situation. Yeah. Oh, no, that, right. right. But then Ben's psychiatrist, private psychiatrist, is absolutely right. terrified by this. Well, so, as well they should be. This is wrong. Right. It's horribly wrong. So it's, they're trying to get it into the budget um, to go before the legislature. This has not been approved yet. It's just proposed mm -hmm. but that they would build a building on this property that would house people in a more hospital-like way treat them like patients not like inmates right in a more therapeutic setting i mean that's what they need right right because ben ben was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder about 20 years ago um the his illness kicked in around the time that he was starting college and the problem for ben is that he's medication resistant and there are people who antipsychotics don't work for them he's had a lot of really bad results with meds um when he is psychotic if he sees anybody that looks like a policeman he gets really really afraid so you know put him in prison with prison right. guards in uniform Yes, his own personal hell. Great. Yeah. Yeah. His mom is just terrified that he will die in a prison cell. Mm -hmm. But he does get worse and become more aggressive when he is in this facility because he is surrounded by correctional officers and it just feeds into his psychosis. Oh, and also he's being treated like a prisoner. Yeah, he is. Um, let's see. So... His psychiatrist, Ben's psychiatrist says, I must reiterate, and I have done so by phone several times to health and welfare, that this is an inappropriate place for this patient to be treated because it lacks the level of care that he requires. And this was his psychiatrist at the prison. Mm -hmm. He says, although it is more secure than the state hospital, this patient requires more intensive treatment than is available here, as in anywhere in the state of Idaho. Mm -hmm. Uh 
at the time that he that the psychiatrist was making the statement, he said that Ben had arrived at the prison believing, among other things, that he had been kidnapped and sent to prison illegally. Yeah. Well, that's not psychosis. That's actually what happened. If that's my thoughts, too. I thought, well, but, that's just reality. You know, yeah. the psychiatrist says that, you know, she uses her first name and his first name and tries to make it not seem like prison, but it's prison. He's in a cell. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see what happens. But Idaho says that they're about to make this right. Um, makes me sick to think that it's taken this long and. How many other people have lived and died in those nine cells? Right, right. So we're going to keep a close eye on this because, I mean, I knew that we have we have units like this in our state hospitals, but I did not know that Idaho actually felt it was appropriate to house mentally ill people who have not been convicted of any crime nor sentenced to prison in prison cells. This is disgusting. I- I mean, excuse my naivety, but I didn't even know they could do that. Well, it, it, there's a real question around how is this legal? What what kind of, you know, civil rights violations do we have going on here? Mm-hmm. So supposedly the governor is trying to get this new facility built. He's asked for $24 million out of the budget. I will tell you that Idaho has a huge surplus. There is not one reason on the planet of Earth that we couldn't afford to do this because our surplus was like over a billion dollars right now. Mm. So why don't we do something better for something good? In yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated and keep an eye on this. And with that, Katie, good. I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Okay. This is quite the case, and I'm going to refrain from using the victim's name because she's only 13, and mm-hmm. she's been found alive and has returned to her family for some after the ordeal she's had. Uh, but, mm-hmm. um, however, her name has been in the news uh, in the Texas area because she's been mi- missing right. since the 1st of March. So on the 1st of March, she left home. Uh, with her laptop and some of her stuff and some reports are saying that her she thought she was going to meet a 13 year old boy and she never came home mm-hmm. and her family was frantic and they called yeah. the police and the police initially reported her as a runaway i know that seems to be she's the- 13 Mm -hmm. for hell's sakes but after going through her socials they discovered that no she had been kidnapped not by a 13 year old but by a 34 year old Mm. she's a gamer and she had been chatting on discord with a man that she thought was a boy and She'd been chatting with him, it looked like, uh, from accounts that are coming out now, a few months. He'd been grooming her for a few months. I want to be very clear here, he was in no way a drag queen. Uh, but he'd been grooming her for months and had been using that kind of language and behavior to keep, uh, you know, gaining more and more trust and more and more ground with her. And he <clears throat> set up a meet with her 
So now for the last 13 days, she has been missing. And her family has frantically been hanging up posters all over the city, posting on social media, talking to anybody who would listen. Luckily, the police didn't just write her off as a runaway, as often happens. They did go through her uh, go through her socials. They went through her Discord and discovered this person. <clears throat> and were able to discover who he was with the help of the FBI and discover what kind of car he drives. And from all of that data, they were able to track him back to this shed in North Carolina. Oh, God. A thousand miles from home. Oh, my hell. It was on this property here. Uh, the homeowner uh, was interviewed by the news this afternoon. She's absolutely dumbfounded. She had no idea there was a child in there. She's been letting him live in that shed for the last two years because he was ha homeless and had nowhere to go. Oh, dear. Uh, but they found her locked in the shed, and that's where he's been living as well. Thank God she's alive. Yeah. And as okay as one can be, I guess, in this kind of situation. I guess, yeah. So he, of course, has all kinds of charges. His name is Jorge Camancho. And he is arrested on child abduction, felonious restraint, statutory rape, and other charges. Uh, and she's headed home. Thank God. It's a happy ending that we very rarely get to report on. Yeah, it's true. That's amazing that she's still alive, that she survived that long. Mm -hmm. The travel. Mm -hmm. One of the terms that the sheriff used was sexual servitude. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is she uh, the first child to be housed in that shed? That's a damn good question. That was one of the questions I had, too. We don't know. He's lived there for two years. Mm -hmm. And has he done this before? But it got me thinking about Discord. Because Discord is a very different uh, app. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Christy, you and I both have a little experience with Discord, but Discord is very different than what you've used in the past. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand Discord. Discord kind of started for the gamers. Right. Yeah. Initially, that it was for it was really just used for gamers to communicate. And then it's gotten more popular for other platforms. It's actually an awesome social media platform in a lot of ways. However, a lot of parents, I suspect, don't have a Discord don't really understand discord yeah and so i thought it might be helpful to talk a little bit about what discord is since it is a platform that is being used primarily for and by gamers and obviously groomers and kidnappers just like every mm -hmm. other media platform there is out there you know we've talked about snapchat uh, we have everyone else has uh you know into a uh, complete exhaustion but Discord's one that you may not have heard very much about. Mm -hmm. So, I this is a it's a this is a site, and I'm going to post it in uh, our show notes from commonsensemedia.org. Mm -hmm. And there you have a parent's ultimate guide to Discord. 
I thought I'd share a few things with you about Discord to help you understand it a little bit. Uh, it's a free app for mobile and PC. Uh, it helps people. You can chat, voice, you know, voice or video in real time. Yep. So lots of easy ways to uh, talk. It's kind of a like a combo of Skype and Reddit kind of, kind of discussion board. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Except yeah, yeah, but you have to be admitted into these into various. Um, you know, people call it their Discord server, and yeah. you have to be admitted. You have to be invited and get a link yeah. to join. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are no parental controls on Discord, and it's so anonymous. Your mm -hmm. avatar is not your face. Mm -hmm. Your, you know, your username is not your name. Like, it's very anonymous. It's very anonymous. Yep. Uh, Discord can be super safe because it's so anonymous. Unless we have creepers on there that are convincing us that they are someone that they're not. Right. Because you would have no way of knowing. Mm -hmm. So that's one uh, upside and downside, really. Uh, you're supposed to be 13 to use Discord, but they don't actually verify age on sign-up, so... No, it's just self-report. Yeah, it's a self-report, like a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. So, they do have NSFW channels that require users to be 18 or older, but again, it's just uh, self-report. So, mm -hmm. it's, it's not super safe in that sense, and with no parental controls, that really uh, kind of lowers the safety of it. There are privacy settings. And so if you, as a parent, are helping your kids set up a Discord, you can set up privacy and uh, some safety settings, such as safe direct messaging, which uh, means that it can, uh, that feature can actually automatically scan and delete direct messages that contain explicit content. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's not foolproof, but, you know. Mm -hmm. For all the girls out there that are real sick of dick pics and things like that. Yeah. It's supposed to help scan and get rid of those kinds of things. So that's something that you could help your child set up or, or you can set up for yourself. Uh, but that only works on direct messaging. Mm -hmm. You can also uh, protect your own data in their, uh, in their user settings. So there's a few uh, privacy settings that I think are helpful. Uh, again, there are no parental controls. You can share images and video on Discord. And that's pretty much what it's about. If your kid has Discord, you have Discord. Mm -hmm. The thing that I have found the most with parents, and, and not, not uh, calling out this girl's parents, I don't know, so I'm not discussing them uh, specifically, but the thing I have seen with a lot of parents who, who are struggling with their kids' behavior online or, or their kids' experiences online is that they don't understand what they're doing. They don't mm -hmm. understand the apps that they're visiting. They don't understand the uh, social media that they have. The rule of thumb should be, if they have it, you have it. Mm -hmm. They have to and be your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They have to be your friend. You have to have their sign-in information. You have to know what's going on with them. Because mm -hmm. unfortunately... The internet is an extremely dangerous place. Yeah. And I'm beyond relieved that we get to report today 
on a case where someone was found safe, especially a 13-year-old girl who's got her whole life in front of her, mm -hmm. whose family has lived in absolute terror for the last 13 days, wondering if mm -hmm. she was dead or alive. I'm sure she lived in absolute terror, too. Absolutely. Can you imagine the hell she's been in? No. We don't get that very often. No. So I'm so relieved for her and for her family, but it's yet another reminder that the internet is not a safe place for anybody, no. but particularly for kids, for teenagers, particularly teenagers. Uh, one of the police officers or one of the uh, sheriffs in this case said that he believes that um, flattery is the most addictive drug of all. Oh, oh wow. And and I thought that was a damn good point. We all fall for flattery sometimes, but when we're talking about teenagers that think that they know a lot more than they know, and we have groomers online that are willing to tell them what they want to hear and flatter the hell out of them and make them feel special, scary shit happens like this. So be aware. Learn what your kids are doing. You do it too. You be on the same sites that they're on it, it's one way to help keep them safe and always have conversations like this yeah like this. absolutely uh one article i read today was about teaching your kids how to be uh self-detectives you Ooh. know teaching your kids about true crime teaching your kids about how these things happen online and asking them to look for clues in people who contact them, mm -hmm. which I thought was actually pretty brilliant mm -hmm. in that hopefully you're not uh, just creating um, like paranoid <laughs> kids, but maybe a little bit, you know, but kids that mm -hmm. go, hey, this person reached out to me and this is what they said. I think that might not be, you know, this might not be who that person says they are. Or I think this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty brilliant. Yeah, it is. Kids to be self-detectives uh, that then report back to you as the, you know, the chief <laughs> you mm. know, to uh, help decide if something is what it looks like it is. But those are a few thoughts about helping to keep your kids safe online. I know it's a daunting task. It's a daunting task for all of us, I think. But mm -hmm. anyway, thank God there was a win today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All righty. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a true crime update. Yes. You may remember this case. It happened back in 2017. This is uh, Sefulo Saipov, 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 sorry. I had it all great and then I just screwed it all up. This happened in, on Halloween 2017 and Saipov was... Um, he drove a rented Home Depot truck on a bike path on the Hudson River. In oh, yeah. And he um, he killed eight people and he injured many more. Mm -hmm. He was finally gone to trial and he was found guilty in at the end of January. And he wow. was guilty on 28 counts. Um, including nine counts that carried the maximum sentence of death. I think he killed nine people. Sorry, I said eight. Um, so today, the so for not today, last week, his the jury. No, 
That's right. That's today. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, his jury was debating on whether or not to give him the death penalty. So yeah, it was interesting for a couple of reasons because now we know he has been convicted. Mm -hmm. So um, he, it's a similar process to what happens in Idaho. Like what we've been talking about with uh, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell is that they will go through the guilt phase mm -hmm. and the penalty phase. So they've mm -hmm. been in the penalty phase for the last couple of days and the jury came back to the judge and said, we cannot get to a unanimous vote on the death penalty. And of course, we know it has to be a unanimous vote yeah. for the death penalty. I found this very interesting. So when they made that statement to the judge, the judge cannot just send them back and say, keep debating. Mm -hmm. Because that sends a message to the jury that he expects them to come to the decision on the death penalty and that for right. like people who are anti-death penalty, that that's the, you know, basically the judge is telling them, I want you to change your mind. Yeah. So then what he did was he made the decision and said, okay, because we can't get a um, unanimous decision, yeah. then we're giving this offender uh, life without the possibility of parole. So he has nine life sentences plus a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Before he's never what going he anywhere. No, he's yeah. not. He's never going anywhere. And, you know, you may remember, we've talked about this quite a bit because what happens in that penalty phase is you have um, mitigating uh, factors. So these are factors that the defense will present that say, hey, maybe the death penalty isn't the right thing. And then you'll have aggravating factors. And that's what the the prosecution will bring forward. And right. I guess the one thing that they couldn't quite get on board with was that he would be a risk to inmates. Mm hmm. Now this was a this was a terrorist attack. So this was a federal trial, right? This was considered a terrorist attack. He was acting on behalf of ISIS when he did this, mm -hmm. and you know all of the horror that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. But the the jury couldn't agree that he would in fact be a risk to others in prison because he's not going to be a risk to anyone else outside of prison because he's never right. getting out but they had to that was one of the things they had to prove interesting you know? yeah they had to prove intent you know there were a bunch of things that they had to you know sure. say the 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 evidence proved but one of the things was that he would be a continued risk to others in prison and they didn't feel that they could say definitively that yes he would be i mean will he or won't he we don't know right um you know, he's now cut off from... I didn't know that that was a part of... Is that just in that state or is that typical? Well, it's it's that... Yeah, it, it, it's it's in New York. So that mm -hmm. was one one of the questions. Or I guess this was federal, so maybe that doesn't it was, matter. Well, it was, yeah, that's right. It's federal. But that was one of the questions that, that they had was, you know, is it better to execute him? Because if not, he's going to continue killing people in prison. And they couldn't mm -hmm. come, you know, because... I mean, he hit people with a vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, he hit people specifically um, out of acting for a terrorist cell that he can't have contact with anymore. I don't know. There were right. a lot of things. So ultimately, they could not come to any kind mm -hmm. of, you know, consensus that, yes, he that was the one, you know, that he would, in fact, be at a risk. Yeah. 
we don't know how many people were against the death penalty versus four. The judge would not let them say. Uh -huh. um, the judge was very interesting in this case, the way that he handled it. He did not mm -hmm. want to create any bias anywhere, which I think, mm -hmm. yeah. You gotta be um, careful about that. So New York, you know, they, they do have the death penalty in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and of course the federal death penalty was reinstated by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Biden ran on an anti-death penalty platform. Although I don't think that the, I don't think we've, there's been anybody executed, but I don't think that there's actually been a stay on the death penalty specifically mm -hmm. um, for Biden. Um, New York no, hasn't so. executed anybody since the 60s. New York, although they are a death penalty state, they don't mm -hmm. really like doing death penalty. Mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that was interesting. I, yeah. you know, I'm sure that it's a mixed reaction from people. I'm glad that he's finally, you know, come. he's been in prison this whole time. It's not like he's been out there being a danger to anybody. But no. It's taken a really long time to get this case through the system. Mm -hmm. uh, but the bottom line is he's not going to hurt anybody anymore, but no. he will not be executed. He will just spend the rest of his life in prison. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What a, what a hard, long journey for all of the families. Oh, gosh. Right. And they, you know, they, of course, um, gave uh, victim impact statements at in during the penalty phase of the trial and everything. And that's got to be really hard because this was six years ago. And, and to think that this is just all drug back up for them in so many ways, it's, it's yeah. tough. Really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you have it. Okay. That's what we know. That's what we know. Well, this is Tuesday. We won't have a new episode initially on Wednesday because we're going to court Wednesday morning for Valo, of course. So we'll be back Wednesday afternoon with a live stream and tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. We'll also be back Wednesday night for case updates. So they'll actually mm -hmm. probably be, depending on how long court is, there should be two live streams on Wednesday. Probably, and yeah. And, of course, the Valo uh, Belligerent Turn Circus Roundup. So yes. both of those things coming. So, well, thanks, you guys, very much for being here. Of course, uh, please go do something good for yourselves. You know you mm -hmm. deserve it. And, as always, thank you for all of your support. Like, share, follow, comment. You know the ropes. All righty. Well, this has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thank <music> you.